Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you good. Hope you're enjoying the summertime. You get into the pool, the lake, the beach, the ocean, wherever it is that you go to have a good time. I hope that you are there or headed there or... I don't know, get there sometime soon. Hey, today we got a great episode. We got my buddy Greg Hickman hanging out with us. Greg runs an email marketing company called Systemly, where he teaches all about email, especially email automation and email funnels. And so we're going to have a great conversation today about why this matters for speakers. Because here's the challenge. Here's the reality of speakers is that you go speak, the audience may love you, and then they leave and go home. And the reality is, is that they will remember very, very little of what it is that you said. And so it's really important to create these systems, these funnels, these email tools uh, and automation tools specifically, where you can continue to follow up with audience members and potential leads, potential clients after the speaking gig, so that you can continue to build that rapport, continue to build that that relationship, that connection. On top of that, plus you just want to be able to remind them of the message that you just shared with them in person. And so having some of those email systems in place is really, really important. So Greg's going to kind of walk us through today what we need to do and how to get those things set up in all speaking businesses. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with my buddy, Greg Hickman. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by my good buddy and beautiful friend, Dr. Greg Hickman. What's up, Greg? How you doing, buddy? I don't think you're a doctor. I, and uh, I mean, you're pretty. You got that going uh, for you, but the, yeah. the doctor thing is a stretch. It depends on what I'm a doctor of. Your wife actually is, is prepping for a doctor, right? She actually is a doctor. Prepping She's in a residency. A I don't but... even think that's the correct verbiage at all, but we're leaving that in. What is she? <laughs> what is she? This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. What is she doing? Remind me. She is an OBGYN, so she delivers okay. babies nice. and deals with the women's private parts. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Moving on. All right, so you run a company called Systemly. Why don't you give us a high-level view of uh, what Systemly does? Yeah, so we're essentially a done-for-you sales funnel and marketing automation team for online entrepreneurs that create digital courses. That is a beautiful like elevator pitch. What the heck does that even mean, though? <laughs> So we're essentially an extension of our clients' teams. We build out their sales funnels and help them implement marketing automation, primarily with Infusionsoft, that helps them streamline their operations, make more money, work less, and not have to deal with the headache of being inside of their marketing automation tool. Okay, so if you're talking to my 10-year-old daughter, that basically means that after someone signs up to the email list, then you're trying to figure out basically the back end of what emails they're going to get, when they're going to get those, what they're going to say, basically kind of what the path is that you're taking them on. Is that the nutshell? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's we help create the experience that any new person has with you from the moment they engage with you. 
Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that and talk about some practical things that people can do and some tactics yeah. for, especially going from stage. Someone just saw you speak and now how do we build that relationship with them long-term? We're going to get into that. I want to give some more context though, to kind of how you got into what you're doing and you've done a decent amount of speaking yourself. So how did systemly kind of come to be? What's the nutshell story? And I'll, I'll go ahead and tell people if they want the full story. Uh, we did have you on our previous podcast. How did you get into that? And we can link up to that episode for the full gamut, but what's yeah. the high level view of kind of how you got to to what you're doing now? High level, I was blogging and podcasting on mobile marketing, which was an area that I had expertise in for about a decade and had trouble growing that business, flatlined. And I had skill set in marketing automation for using it for myself. And I validated idea to see if I could get people to pay me to do it for them. And it validated very quickly, way faster than anything else I had done. And basically that happened September of 2015 and you know now we're recording here in May of 2016 and we're at a team of 7 with 23 recurring clients. Yeah, I remember it was a quick pivot and a quick ascension on how things were you felt like you were finally like hitting getting some traction there and like things were starting to click and move forward. I know that we've chatted over the years and yeah. I was trying to remember like when did we do lunch and I happened to be in Denver for a gig and uh, we hung out and I, remember, I think it was right around that time when things like started to really click and, and start to, to go forward for yeah, you. Yeah, it was late last year, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about all the stuff that people are like, get to the good stuff, people. <laughs> okay, so what kind of speaking have you been doing as well? Because you, you've done a little bit of speaking at some different conferences, like in the, the online you know, business entrepreneurial space, but then you've also just done some speaking at some, when you were, especially when you're doing some of the mobile marketing, what kind of speaking were you doing? Yeah, I mean, in when I was focused on mobile in 2014, I, I spoke at like 15 events, you know, social media marketing world, podcast movement, those sorts of events, New Media Expo, like where people that were essentially creating content online were going. And that's kind of how I got at least my name out there and really put mobile on, I guess, in this world, the map a little bit. I leveraged that experience to get me into these events because it was something that was kind of a topic that was being talked about, but no speakers were really talking about it. So I was able to go into these events and say, look, like you're talking about every aspect of marketing except mobile. Like, let me come in and cover that. I can take care of it. And just kind of that as a value prop was really what got me into a lot of these events. I'm curious about that because I think for one of the challenges as speakers is imagine I've got this subject or topic that I'm interested in talking about. I don't see necessarily anybody else talking about it. And in some cases, that's like in your situation, that may have been a good thing. In other situations, nobody's talking about it because there's not a market for it and you shouldn't be talking about it. So how did you kind of like differentiate and kind of just determine in your own mind of like nobody's talking about it, but they should be versus nobody's talking about it because nobody cares? Yeah, I think for me, I was lucky in that like it was being talked about, mm -hmm. you know, like on blogs and big brands were talking about it and, you know, all of the big kind of agencies or whatever that kind of report, you know, the, the industry marketing reports, right. they were all talking about it. But unlike a smaller business, online business perspective, there weren't really any experts in it or at least people that were, you know, talking about it at that level. So I leverage the fact that really the fact that they knew that it was something that needed to be talked about, they addressed it. In some cases, they came to me after I had already gained a little bit of traction and you know gained a few speaking gigs. But I was also speaking a lot on podcasts about it too. And the people's podcasts that I was on, like the Pat Flynn's, the Amy Porterfield's of the world, you know, they spoke at these events too. So I would go to the organizer and say, like when I approached Mike Stelzner, social media marketing world, I was like, hey, you know, like I've been on 
Pat's show, Internet Business Mastery, Amy's show, and like, you know, people are digging the content, you know, you don't have anything like this at social media marketing world. Like, I would love to be able to speak there. And he's like, well, how about you come on my show first? So then I got invited on his show. And then literally after the recording that show, he's like, yeah, you totally need to come and speak on this. Like, I've heard people asking about it. We don't know anyone that talks about it. And, you know, up until the event, I was like writing some guest posts on their site and, you know, really just kind of establishing myself there and prepping myself to be at their event. So it's rather more than you just like kind of sticking your finger in the air going like, I think there's a market for this. Like a lot of these like kind of subtle little things of getting some of that validation from, you know, podcast audience, from peers, from other people that are in the industry who are saying like, yes, nobody's talking about it. And yes, we need to know about this. Sounds like that's what kind of felt like the green light for you. Yeah, 100%. So I'm curious too, you know, when you were doing like that year that you did 15 events, like what was the point of speaking for you? Because I think there's plenty of people who listen to the show who want to be full-time speakers, who want to do, you know, something similar to maybe what I've done in the past in my speaking career where that's primary gig, but you kind of had a a full-time gig going in in terms of your business. And so what was the point of speaking? Like, why were you doing those various gigs? Yeah. So I can tell you that in hindsight, I was doing it for all of the wrong reasons. What at least were those? My reasons? opinion. Like, so I was speaking at events that were interested in hearing about mobile, but didn't have anyone that would really ever become my customer. Gotcha. So, you know, I wasn't able to monetize being there really in any way. Yeah, every once in a while I got interest for some consulting and stuff like that. But like it was never big enough of a deal where I could say, you know, I'm going to this event and it's gonna turn into customers because it just there weren't customers there. And I did speak at some events that were like more retail focused where it was the right audience. And, you know, that did turn into some customers. So I think early on I was subconsciously just doing it to learn more and get better at speaking and really build relationships with the people that I wanted to build relationships with. Like, I mean, even like we met at a conference, right? I mean, that's pretty much how we met. So the long-term effect of, and this is kind of how I look back and why Systemly was able to gain so much momentum so quickly is I had spent two years going to these events, struggling with this mobile business, but all the while making these amazing relationships. And I really had no way to serve any of the people that I was building these relationships with because they weren't interested in mobile. You know, I mean, I gave them my feedback. I was there as a friend and, you know, built very solid, solid friendships. And then when Systemly came about, they were like, oh my God, like we have this pain. Like let's now we can finally work together. And you know, it turned into a snowball. Right, right. No, I would totally echo that that a lot of the conferences where you and I have been at together or have hung out together, the big reasons that a lot of times we go to those conferences is for the networking and the relationships. And so, you know, the reason that you and I are good buddies today is that because it's one thing if we're you know, exchanging some emails or exchanging a text or a call from time to time. It's something totally different when you meet in person, whether it's at a conference or, you know, like when I happened to be in town and we met up or those type of things, like it just changes the dynamic of the relationship. So I know that for you and I, that speaking has been extremely, extremely valuable just for building our networks and just for connecting with other people. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, that's say the, when I look back, I'm like, that was all the value that I've gotten from it. Totally. Let's pivot. Let's shift gears a little bit. So you run Systemly now. So Systemly, again, you and your big fancy lingo there, you, you talk about how it's uh, <laughs> creating these funnels, creating these systems, creating this backend stuff. Uh, so let's walk through like how that actually happened. So I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit on the show about list building. We've talked with, with Brian Harris 
about that. We've talked uh, with Tim Page uh, about that. Let me just pull up here. We, we talked with Brian in episode 28, and then we talked just recently with Tim in episode 58. So 28 and 58, if people want to check those episodes out. We talked about like list building from speaking, but let's talk just briefly because you've done a little bit about this with mobile and how this mm-hmm. kind of leads in. So this idea of I speak and then I get people to text something, a, a word to some number, and then they get something and somehow I'm getting their email. Kind of talk us through like how that works and, and how valuable that may be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, as Tim Page probably said, or I know he does say like, you need to give people options and especially as podcasters too, but even from stage, like, you know, you'll be at a conference and you'll be speaking and you'll see that some people have their laptops out and many don't. And so by being able to have a a call to action that is able to be capitalized on just from someone's phone, texting a few numbers, you know, you have a greater chance of capturing people that obviously don't have their computer out or not willing to type in a URL. So I think it's more about understanding where, like meeting people where they're at, you know, kind of giving them the best way to engage with you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think the text messaging part of it works. I think, you know, a lot of it does go into the why would anyone want to text in in the first place? (laughs) You could have the greatest follow-up and automation on the back end, but if there's really no reason for them to opt in, it probably is not going to be as effective. Like if it's just for the slides, you know, which, you know, in some cases people have amazing slides and like they just might want them. But, you know, to have something, again, when you asked like, what did you get out of being there? I think if you're speaking, you should have, internally like an agenda you know like what would make sense to this audience outside of just my presentation but how can i take my presentation and use that to create a conversation that will align with something that i have down the line and that's really the the presentation is deliver tons of value and give myself a chance to start having that conversation from the stage because they now they know, like, and trust you most likely, and you can really kick that off. Yeah. And just to jump in there, I would a thousand percent echo that, that one of the most difficult challenges with a speaker is that even if you are phenomenal at what you do, that an hour later, the next day, a couple days later, that the audience will remember very, very little of what it is that you actually said. Right. And so it, and really... Like as a speaking guy, I don't know that I should be saying this, but in some ways, like the whole medium of speaking can be somewhat ineffective because you Mm. just retain so little of what it is that you hear. I mean, think about even for like people listening, like some of the best presenters that you've ever heard, like a week later, a day later at lunch after the gig, you're just like, I, what did they say? Like, I remember a couple key things, but beyond that, I just retain so little of it. So it's really, so this, it shouldn't be speaking shouldn't be viewed as just kind of like this in game that, okay, I I spoke end of transaction that's done. It's just like, okay, no, now I'm in front of these people that like you said, I've built that rapport, I built that connection. I built that know, like, and trust. And now rather than ending the conversation, but I'm actually starting the conversation with them. uh, One of the best ways to do that is through email. So again, this is the only time that we are all in this place together at this conference or this event. So now how do we continue this conversation? So one way is through email. So you could get them to text in something. So, kind of talk us through like how does that logistically work yeah i mean so depending on the software that you're using you know in most cases they'll text in a word uh, which is called a keyword to a short code which is a five or six digit number and they'll get a reply back that says hey you know reply with your email address and they reply with their email address and that essentially then enters them into your marketing automation tool your email tool whether that be you know mailchimp aweber infusionsoft active campaign whatever you're using a lot of them there are plenty of integrations lead 
Pages has their own solution called Lead Digits. So you could be using something like that. And I think, you know, outside of, yeah, maybe you want to deliver the slides, but it all just kind of depends on, again, who would you like to be talking to? Because really, there's going to be plenty of people in that room that aren't who you like people you wouldn't want to be your customer. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is on the back end have something initially that allows me to segment them to weed out the people that could actually be prospects versus they really just maybe want to consume some content or, you know, they just opted in because they felt bad or they just wanted the slides. So, you know, deliver the slides and then create an opportunity for an engagement where really the people that are right for you are going to engage. And if the others don't, well, then great. You've whittled them out. You still delivered the value. And that's pretty much it. Gotcha. So it was, what do you get, some ringing back there? I have no idea what that is. Is that you? That's not me. I don't even have, what's going on here? We're leaving this in, just so you know. Yeah, we're leaving it in. This is not edited. We got one one take. Okay, so... Sorry so, about that. No I worries. Really no, I like to just give you crap. So <laughs> whether they text in or it could just be you're sending them to a direct link where they're going to put in their email address or even just like an old-fashioned thing of just to hand in your business card or write in your name or something or whatever it is and just somehow you're getting their email address. So from there, that's when, again, not when the conversation ends, but when the conversation begins. So you kind of alluded to it there where... If we're going to be building our email list at some of these events, then part of what we need to be thinking through is what are the next steps that I want someone to take as a result of this talk or of this message. And so hopefully you're doing a lot of the similar types of talks so you're not having to create lots of new emails, but it's the type of thing where you're funneling everybody to you know, the, just one or two key places where they would go from there. So what does that look like on the back end, whether someone texts in their email or someone hands you their business card and they want to be added? What do I need to be thinking through of what I should then send them? Yeah, and so again, a lot of this is I think it's overcomplicated from people like, oh, like how does the technology work? And I really think it's, you need to approach it the same as you do any lead magnet. You know, obviously you've talked about these before on the show, your lead magnet is just happening from stage. And I think, so the biggest thing that you need to be asking yourself is when I have that call to action is the intent that I'm creating. So like as the person who I'm pitch, like mentioning this call to action to when well, what is their intent when they're actually going to opt into it? And it does that intent in some way, shape or form have a sliver of the exact same intent of essentially the purchase decision. And this is where I find people go wrong a lot by like having a lead magnet for every single blog post or just, hey, text in from stage and get the slides. And then the conversation ends. It's like, great. Well, what are you going to do with those leads now outside of just like I've texted in so many times and I don't get any follow-up almost ever. Only a few people ever actually follow up with me after they give me the slides. So like I would ask yourself, like for example, for me, like I'm speaking, you know, at Icon I spoke and I gave this whole presentation and I talked about a little bit about productivity, but also how we leverage automation in our service business. And when people opted in to get the slides, one, I asked them, like, are you currently using Infusionsoft? Like that was one of the first questions. If they clicked yes, they started getting emails that really led to talking about how we're using, like kind of reiterating how we're using it in a little bit more in depth and then saying, hey, like if you want to learn how you could be doing this in your business, like let's schedule a quick consultation call. 
So my call to action was like, I know that right now we're best able to serve people and close deals over the phone. So they opt in from stage, give them the lead magnet. They've told me that they use Infusionsoft, aka they're potentially a prospect for us. I start sending a couple emails. I think there were about three or four that you know, talked about, you know, hey, you know, now that you're back, like, are you implementing some of these things? Like, let me take you a little bit deeper. I think I shared like a wireframe of like our onboarding process as like, this is like, you know, if you call it, like if you schedule a consultation, you're going to go through this. If you buy from us, you're going to go through this. You know, you could have this in your business. If this is something that interests you, like let's schedule a consultation. And then they click the link to schedule and, you know, they come to a schedule page. So like that was, my plan was to see if I can get consultations which I got a handful. But again, going into it, like you know what your goal is so that once they opt in in whatever format, that whatever that first email is, the first email or the second email or anything, it's driving people ultimately in your case to schedule a call or to get on the phone in, in some way. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, in your case, you know, you could be getting people to, you know, register for your webinar, right? Sure. Sure. And then a lot of it just depends on the context of who you're speaking to. So again, the unique thing about speaking is people do use it in a lot of different ways. You know, so some people may be speaking to an audience to, again, like you said, generate uh, actual business. And I'm, I'm wanting this to lead to sales. In some ways, there's going to be some speakers maybe that we've all heard that are more inspirational, motivational, key, you know, feel good type of messages that it's not necessarily they're trying to get you to become a, like a client or a customer in some way. You're just interested in what they're doing. And so you want to keep right. up with them in some way. Or maybe they, instead of some type of coaching or consulting thing, maybe they just, they've got a book and they want to tell you about the book, you know, or something like that. So it can look, that follow-up sequence can look a lot of different ways. But again, like you said, just kind of like figuring out what is it that you want people to, like, where do you want to take them? What's the, where do you want to lead them next? So how many, like in that situation for you, did you have just one email? Is there a couple of emails? Like, how do you lead to getting people to schedule a call with you? Yeah. So in that scenario, when they opted in, you know, they got an email with a link to the slides and I had a couple extra resources that I had shared on screen that I said I would provide to them. So it kind of linked to like a Dropbox folder that I had created beforehand where they could get it. So a couple things happened from there in that email. So there's, there were actually three links. There was the link to the, download the slides, the link to, you know, get the resources and then a link saying like, you know, do you or do you not use Infusionsoft? If they clicked on the link for the resources, I gave them the resources, but then I did have like one email that came like, I think, I don't know, like 14 days later just to check in and see like, hey, was, was this helpful? Just because I want, I was curious if like, you know, are you using these templates right. yet that I was providing? You know, has it added value? So that was more of just like a check-in, you know, that's like, you know, kind of, I think just a good good business practice to follow right, up. Right. You, know, you give them this thing. Hey, are you using it? You should be. So that was kind of the end of that. But if they chose, if they mentioned that they use Infusionsoft, I think there were three emails and I broke down, you know, hey, I talked about how we, you know, we schedule, con like a key part of our process is scheduling consultations and then our onboarding process. And we've eliminated a lot of manual steps by leveraging automation. And I broke down what those were. And I said, like, if this is something, if you're, you know, you're in a service-based business or you're doing coaching and you have any sort of high touch process, you might want to have something like this in your business. You know, if you want to chat, like schedule, you know, a consultation call. So yeah, I think it was three emails. 
on the last one, they clicked to three after they said that they use Infusionsoft. And then they got to schedule a call. Gotcha. Okay. So what happens from then? So if I'm listening to this going like, okay, so I go speak, I'm collecting email addresses. I'm thinking through what I want, like where I want the conversation to go. And again, yep. maybe that's a buying decision on some type of product or tool or resource or coaching or consulting or something. Or maybe it's just kind of like continuing to like nurture the relationship and continue to talk to them and, you know, learn about them and, and, provide value in some other way, you know? So where do you go from there? Like after you go through like in your situation, those three emails, how do you continue to email them? How do you continue to stay top of mind? Uh, Because you don't, it's that thing that you don't want to become. I saw this speaker speak a year ago or so, and they're really good. And I got a couple emails and I haven't heard from them since. And I was really interested in what they had to say, but now I don't even remember their name. So how do you continue to like engage them through email long-term? Yeah. So I think kind of to the point earlier, like you have to have an end goal in mind. So like my ideal scenario was that, oh, they use Infusionsoft and they scheduled a consultation and I have a whole scheduled consultation funnel, so to speak, that nurtures them up until we get on the phone and talk. And if they buy, then they go into the onboarding. If they don't, they actually just go into kind of our master email list and they'll continue to receive emails on a weekly basis of just the content that we're sharing, our blog posts, you know, just kind of keeping in touch with them. So I say that because unfortunately there's probably going to be more people that don't take the action that you want. Mm-hmm. So you need to have an exit plan. So, okay, well, if they don't take the ideal path, what might have they done? Well, okay. So in my scenario, if they don't use Infusionsoft, then what am I going to do with them? So I could just add them to my master newsletter right there. I mean, ideally I would have something for them, but at this stage of the game in my business, I didn't. And we're just focused on really Infusionsoft people. But the content that I'm creating on our site isn't necessarily always specific to Infusionsoft. So in that case, we just added them to our master newsletter. You know, they got a welcome email just saying like, hey, you know, you can expect to get some really good content that can help you, you know, you know, streamline your business and, you know, add automation So now they're just kind of in the quote unquote master list receiving our updates on blog posts and content. And then same for if they did use Infusionsoft and they never scheduled a consultation, I'm adding them to that as well. And probably what I should have done as I'm saying this, if they didn't schedule and they're getting content, there should at least be an email in there 30 days later than the event saying, Hey, you know, just wanted to check in, you know, do you think it's worthwhile for us to chat? You know, that could have been something I said in there. I didn't, but you know, as I'm saying it, I could have. So just understanding, okay, my ideal end result is they schedule a consultation. So you have content that drives them to that end goal, but not everyone's going to take that path. So you have to have off ramps, so to speak to say, okay, well, if they choose not to schedule a consultation, what would I like to do with them? Most people will just leave them by the wayside. A lot of them don't even add them to the master list. So now they just go cold and stale. So they were interested in something. This is why I like the option of having some sort of early on email, even if it's in the first one, that kind of segments them in some way. For me, that was, do you use Infusionsoft? Yes or no. I just didn't have much of a conversation to have with people that didn't at that point. So we just give them more content. Gotcha. And I think uh, a couple things like that you, you kind of touched on there is that this is always like a work in progress. Like I think it's intimidating sometimes to listen to some of this and think, well, crap, now I got to 
figure out all these systems and I got to get all this stuff in place and I got to write all these emails and I got to figure out what I'm supposed to say. And I got to figure out where this is leading. And so yep. you don't, you don't like, even as we're talking, you're going like, you know what? I should probably add this other email over here and yeah. I should probably tweak this and move. It's always just kind of this evolving work in progress. So the, you know, once you kind of have that, you know, going back and listening to, you know, episode 28 and 58 with Brian Harris and then with Tim Page and you're figuring out some ways to collect emails. Then again, like we're talking about here, just figuring out what's the first email. Like they yeah. saw you speak, they opted in. Don't worry about the whole sequence just figure out what's the first email what's ultimately even if it's just a welcome email hey i'm i you know you just opted in after seeing me speak i just wanted to say thanks you know here's a quick thing I, uh, article or a post or a freebie or whatever that i thought you might like just something there yep. to just start the ball rolling rather than you know just feeling overwhelmed and, and intimidated let's talk real quick on email systems you've mm -hmm. alluded to infusionsoft it's, it's kind of the main thing that you work with it's pretty sophisticated high-end uh, you know most people probably listen to this probably beyond where what they would might need. So what do you recommend early on in getting started? At this stage of the game, if you're just getting started, I would 100% recommend Active Campaign. I actually use it on my personal blog. It's super powerful. I'd say probably the closest thing that offers the as much power as Infusionsoft, minus some of the stuff many speakers probably don't need. And it's way affordable. As you get a larger list, it actually kind of becomes quite comparable to Infusionsoft and in some cases more expensive. But, you know, getting started, it can give you everything you need. It's super affordable. It's very intuitive. And there's actually, you know, just like Infusionsoft, there's actually a marketplace now where you can import campaigns that are pretty much pre-built and you just got to like write your copy and stuff like that. So I'd be shocked if there wasn't a, you know, a campaign in the marketplace that was exactly what we're talking about. Text in and send, you know, three emails over the course of seven days. And that's probably something that you could download into your application, you know, from their marketplace. Nice. And we're actually in the process of moving over to uh, Active Campaign, but nice. uh, there's definitely there's a lot of great ones out there whether it's it's ConvertKit or MailChimp or Aweber, there's certainly a Drip, lot of great Drip is another great yeah, one. Yeah, Drip is up and coming. I've been intrigued by it too. So yeah, there's a lot of good options that exist out there. So, hey, Greg, uh, if people want to find out more about you, I know that you've got a couple different blog posts, a couple different resources that if people want to check out more on just building some of these email sequences and nurturing people beyond the stage, where can we go to find those? Yeah, I would say anything marketing automation, you can find that at our blog at system.ly. And then I'm on Twitter, but I'd say I'm actually now most active on Snapchat, and I talk oh, all about. Such a dork. Yeah, I know it's so oh, great though. Such such high engagement. You know, think about this as a speaker. You could get really really one on one engagement. I've tried to. On I've Snapchat. tried to avoid it, but one of these days, I'm sure we're gonna end up caving, and I'll apologize to you then. <laughs> all right, we'll figure Snapchat out one of these days. So, all right, dude, appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Greg Hickman. Definitely check out what he's up to over at system.ly, systemly. Really good stuff there, Greg. Hey, quick reminder. We do have these free online trainings on a very regular basis. We do them sometimes several a week, sometimes one a week. So you can register by going over to freespeakerworkshop.com. We're going to teach online all about how to find and book speaking engagements. So whether you are brand new, you're just getting started, you've been doing that for a little while, you're trying to figure out how to get paid, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how much you should charge. We're going to talk about whether or not you should speak for free, what you should speak about, who you should speak to. All of that we're going to cover and go over in this free online training. So you can stop by freespeakerworkshop.com and register for that, and we will see you at the next one that we've got. We'll catch you next time, my friends. You're awesome.